Welcome to Putting Up Numbers, the podcast about uniform numbers. Here we break down the stories behind the numbers, talk about the all-time greats that made the number iconic, and give you our picks for the Hall of Shame and the Hall of Fame. You can also hit us up at puttinupnumbers.com and give us your picks. I'm Tom Davis here in the City of Angels, and joining me from Dallas is my homeboy, my brand new toy, my flat foot Fluji with the Floy Floy, Rudy Klanick. Rudy, what's today's number? <laughs> Uh, hey, man, those get better every time. Today's number is number one. Numero uno is today's number. And uh, man, what a great number. What a great number. I know we're going to talk about a bunch of different players that have adorned that number, but we actually talked to one of those players at the top of our list. So numero uno on our list uh, later on in the uh podcast we're going to hear from him which is really cool so yeah number one's our number and let's get to it man all right let's do it well i'm just going to throw out four football guys and you tell me if we need to add anybody to the football list first and foremost the four mentioned or at least the four teased by my man rudy uh warren moon Warren Moon, 23 seasons as a professional quarterback in Canada and the NFL. Maybe nobody wore number one better, or maybe nobody wore number one longer, to be honest with you. Two college guys, Anthony Carter. I know you're a big Michigan guy. Anthony Carter at Michigan. Larry Fitzgerald at Pitt. Two guys who, holy cow, had unbelievable college careers. And then the last football guy, Cam Newton, which we're going to talk a lot about the current guys and sort of the resurgence of the number one when we get to heat check. Uh, But Cam Newton, anybody else in football that you'd add to that list? Man, I'll tell you, there's some guys now, I mean, like we talk about, number one is making a mass, I don't know if it's a comeback. I don't know if it's a comeback because number one's always been, for a long time, was kickers, right? The skinniest guy, the little guy, the guy that came in and did his job and then ran off the field before anybody hit him. Um, you know, my favorite number one as a kid was uh, Gary Upremian. Um, I don't think we'd include him on an all-time list, but man, what a great number one. Lefty, one of the worst passes in NFL history. Nobody forgets Gary Upremian. Um, But, you know, in terms of like a number one that's coming strong, a guy like Kyler Murray, uh, obviously with the Cardinals now, OU uh, before that, and even all the way back to Allen, Texas, which is about... 30 minutes up the street from me, he is a pretty dynamic number one. So I'd I'd put Kyler in that list. And there's a couple guys coming fast and furious on his heels. Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State, probably the Heisman, one of the Heisman favorites next year. And um, the new Dolphins quarterback has chosen number one after wearing number 13. Of course, he couldn't get 13 going to the Dolphins. Um, Mr. Marino uh, saw to that, but Tua is choosing number one. So that's big, big stuff, big news. I think that's going to fit him really well. But uh, man, some good ones coming in football for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the uh, the resurgence of number one uh, when we get to heat check in a little bit. Baseball guys, of course, as a Cardinal fan, Ozzie Smith, the greatest shortstop in the history of the game. Going back a little bit, Two Hall of Famers, Pee Wee Reese uh, and Richie Ashburn of the Phillies, uh, who also was the first guy to wear number one for the New York Mets. Played his 15th and final season for the Mets. And how's this for a final season, Rudy? Hit 306 in his final season and then said, "Eh, 
See you guys later. <laughs> I mean, talk about going out on a high note. Holy, wow. holy cow. And then last on my list was Sweet Lou Whitaker from the Tigers and his story behind wearing number one, which is something that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast was he got number one because he was the smallest kid. Yep. And so he was always the smallest kid on the team. So he always got number one. And then he just kind of kept it going through high school, through the minor leagues, through obviously a great professional career. Uh, he and Alan Trammell there in, in uh, Motown. Anybody else on the baseball side? Yeah. You know, number one in baseball, it's kind of the guys that wore number one um, in the past always were kind of slightly built guys, you know, the Ozzie Smith, Lou Whitaker, like you mentioned, Pee Wee. Reese, um, you know, Gary Templeton was a, a fan favorite, uh, or maybe a favorite of mine <laughs> just growing up. Love watching Gary Templeton play shortstop. Of course, he was traded for Ozzie Smith, interestingly, San Diego to St. Louis and vice versa. But I love watching Templeton play. But man, I think my all time favorite number one as a baseball player was Billy Martin. I mean, Billy Martin, <laughs> I mean, my goodness you know, probably 135 pounds soaking wet or maybe beer soaking wet. And, uh, you know, was fired from the Yankees uh, more times than anybody can remember. But a good player, a uh, good player grew, you know, grew up with the, one of some of the great Yankee teams and then just a controversial, but really good manager for the Yankees for years. And uh, just a lot of fun. It seemed like a lot of fun to, to hang out with after games. But number one, Billy Martin, man. Yeah, Billy Martin, five stints with the Yankees in eight years. <laughs> a guy who uh, has been said about him, he would climb a mountain to fight an echo. And uh, that's probably <laughs> true. Right. Moving to basketball real fast. To me, there's only one guy on this list. And we'll talk about a lot of the guys who wore number one and just barely missed. Uh, when we talk a little bit about Hall of Shame here in a little bit. But with respect to uh, Gus Williams and Muggsy Bogues and Tiny Archibald for three years of his career, yep. to me, the big O, Oscar Robertson, is the number one in basketball. There's no one close, at least at this point. We'll talk about Zion Williamson when we get the heat check. But the big O, 12-time All-Star, uh, 11 times All-NBA, the only guy to average a triple-double for an entire season, won a championship with the Bucks, And as a player rep, was instrumental in getting free agency uh, in the in the NBA, so uh, you know he had, he did it every way you could possibly think of on the court, off the court, and every other way. So Oscar Robertson to me is is definitely a contender on this list. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's probably you know as we get to it later, he's top ten, number one for sure. He's certainly the the premier number one for. For hoops, um, there's some guys coming. Uh, you mentioned Zion and some of the guys that that maybe just missed for injuries or other reasons. But at this point, number ones in basketball, it's it's the big O. If nothing else, man, great nickname. Love that nickname. I wonder where they got it though. He wasn't very big. <laughs> I guess he came up big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And finally, you know, to, to round out the contenders, and uh, you know, we've talked before about number 10 in soccer, number 23 in basketball, number 12 if you're a football quarterback. Number one is the number for hockey goalies. So if you are a goalie in hockey, uh, number one is the number for you. So yeah. there's a whole list of folks. Terry Sawchuk, Jacques Plante, Johnny Bauer, Georges Vezina, Glenn Hall, Roberto Luongo. The list goes on and on. I would say Terry Sawchuk is probably the best of that group. So we're going to put Terry Sawchuk on the list. But if you're a hockey goalie and you're wearing number one, you're doing something right. Yeah, you're doing something right. And when they name the uh, the trophy for best goalie after you, I think Mr. Vesna has a uh, 
has a point of view that he was a pretty good goalie as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, number one, just like we talked about with 10 and soccer, number one synonymous with some uh, some Hall of Fame net minders like Jacques Plant. Just to say Jacques Plant in my Texas twang is just so much fun. Yeah, Jacques Plant would definitely be a, a sentimental pick for me as well. The guy who uh, was the first guy to wear the mask. First guy to wear a mask. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a brain surgeon. <laughs> Not until 1959. Here's the other thing about these goalies, Rudy, as I was looking stuff up. Jacques Plant played from 1947 to 1975. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, who has a career that long? That's un- <laughs> unbelievable. You know, he wins six Stanley Cups with the Canadians. They retire his number. He wins the Vezina Trophy seven times. But holy mackerel, the guy played forever. And here's the little backstory on the mask. He wore the mask and they won 17 straight games. And then at his coach's request, he didn't wear it and they lost. And so then he put it back on and never took it off again. Why in the world did the coach ask him to take it off? That's the story, man. <laughs> what a crazy well, idea. you know, he's the only one doing it. Back in those days, they didn't wear helmets or anything else. The only other guy I had on the list of sentimental picks was Buddy Biancolana. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kansas City Royals. The Royals end up winning a controversial World Series against my St. Louis Cardinals in 85. And he plays out of his mind, or at least out of his mind for him, he hit 278. And David Letterman, who was nobody, you know, there's nobody hotter in the late night game in 1985. Yeah. David Letterman made him a household name. So Buddy Biancolana would be on my list as well, just as a sentimental pick. Anybody else? You know, we talked about him already. I'll put him on the all-time list probably, but uh, just as a sentimental pick, you know, Anthony Carter was really why I always loved the number one. You know, uh, Michigan receiving a legend. The number one for Michigan has become a number that they try to give to their best receiver every year. Lately, they haven't had a best receiver, so they don't have any number ones going around. But Carter made that happen under the Schembechler rule with back in the day with Rick Leach thrown from the left side. But man, I loved Anthony Carter growing up as a kid, being a big Michigan fan. So that that was where number one was probably special to me just as a kind of growing up and becoming sports conscious. That uh, it felt like, you know, he was a flamboyant player, made a big deal when he scored a touchdown. And that's what kind of number one became for me is guys that were real confident in in wearing it. Uh, you kind of need to be if you wear number one. And and that was Anthony Carter to me. He was a good, really good college player and obviously played a little bit in the, in the uh, USFL for the Panthers, won a championship for the Panthers, but, uh, but wasn't a big pro. But man, what a great so, college So here's player. the list of guys who have worn number one at Michigan. David Terrell, Raylan Edwards, Derek Alexander, Devin Funches. That's a pretty good list right there. They all followed, you know, um, yeah. AC, you know, and that a lot of guys have changed their number, kind of earned their stripes, and then they're given that number one based on their their performance. And it's a tough number to get at Michigan. Yeah, Lloyd Carr made Braylon Edwards wait two years to get number one. Yeah. And here's the head scratcher along the lines of why would a coach tell Jock Plant not to wear a mask? Okay. The legend has it that Bo Schembechler gave Anthony Carter number one because he was a small guy and he wanted him to look bigger. <laughs> How does the number one make you look bigger? Yeah, it makes you look like a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you look like a sidewinding kicker that should be beat up after every practice. <laughs> Rudy, how excited are you for our guest today? Oh, this is big, man. When we started this, we were looking around and trying to get different 
former players or maybe current players, but especially former players that wore the jersey number that we're focused on. I mean, how fortunate it is. We're not only getting a guy that wore the number. I mean, very, very, very good argument that he was the best to ever wear the number, Mr. Warren Moon. Pretty exciting. Yeah, Warren might be the guy. You'll have to wait until the end of the podcast for... uh for our Hall of Fame to find out if he if he comes through. But certainly he's got the numbers. And, and I'm as shocked as anybody that Warren Moon would do our podcast. But he couldn't have been cooler. So one quick note on the interview. When we interviewed Warren Moon, uh, this was before Cam Newton had signed with the Patriots. So you'll hear us talk about good fits for him. And we wanted you to hear that because he talks about what Mr. Newton brings to the table, both as a player and as a personality. So here it is, uh, Rudy and I and the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon. Our guest today might be the most famous number one in sports history. Warren Moon played 23 seasons of professional football, including five consecutive Grey Cups in the CFL, and he passed for nearly 50,000 yards in 17 years in the NFL. He's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we're thrilled he's here with us today. Warren, welcome to Putting Up Numbers. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Warren, you had a great run with the number one. How did that number come your way? Well, I always wanted to uh, have a number that was was different and also had some meaning to it to me. And and I think the number one was a number that wasn't worn by a lot of guys during the time that I was coming up through high school and college. But I also felt like it needed to have some significance. And, and the number one has a lot of significance for a lot of things. And for me, it was personally where I was always striving to be. I wanted to be the best quarterback that, that I could be and the best quarterback within my peer group. And then also for my football team, I think it would be a constant reminder looking at my number on my front or on my back that that's what we're striving for too we're striving to be the best football team that we can be whether it's in our conference or whether to win a championship so i wanted that number to be a little bit different which it was because not a lot of people wore it and uh, i also wanted it to have meaning not only to myself but also to my teammates warren you wore number one during an era where only kickers really wore number one. You're a quarterback with the number one on. Takes a lot of confidence to put that number on. Tell us about that. Well, there had been some great number ones like before me, say like Jim Thorpe wore number one. You also have Fritz Pollard, who was one of the first black quarterbacks and first black coaches in the uh, National Football League. He, he wore the number one. And also Curly Lambeau, uh, where Lambeau Field is named after. He wore number one when he played. So there were some older guys before me. But like you said, with me, it was guys like Gary Anderson, a great kicker with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He wore number one. And he was pretty well known until he missed that field goal in the championship game in 1998 where it went into overtime and they ended up losing that game but uh, yeah most most of the time it was kickers that wore single digit numbers back in those days today you're almost synonymous with the number one when people talk about the most accomplished or the best players to wear the number your name is always in the conversation and maybe at the top of the conversation how does it feel to have made the number one so significant in people's minds well, you know, I'm proud of that. That I because a lot of people said you're you're uh, you're really saying a lot about yourself by putting that number on because because a lot of people weren't wearing it and because I was playing all the time, I wasn't like a kicker. People thought maybe I was being a little bit arrogant by picking that number, and, and you had to live up to that number. So I'm glad I've been able to live up to the number um, and did a pretty good job while I wore it. You know, there's other guys like today that are wearing it, like Cam Newton and also Kyler Murray. Now that who's in the league, he wears the number and he's had a pretty good career start so far. So there's some really good players that are wearing the number right now, but I'm glad I was able to live up to the billing of the number while I had it in my possession. <laughs> like you said earlier, there's a lot of young quarterbacks wearing the number one. 
making big moves. That's got to be gratifying for a Hall of Famer like yourself who wore that number, played quarterback. Now you got all these guys following in those footsteps. Yeah, you would hope that they might have worn it maybe because I wore it, but you never know. They could have the same reasons why they're wearing it like I did. They had certain significance to them and also to their team. So I'm really not sure, but uh, I've never really asked them that. And maybe that's a question I'll ask one of those guys if I ever see him one day. Warren, we hear stories all the time of different deals that are made in locker rooms for players to get a particular number. Did you ever have to negotiate for that number with any of the teammates on uh, the various teams you played with? No. Again, the, the good thing about me being one of the guys that was the few that wore it is that I didn't have to worry about a lot of guys having it. So it wasn't like I came in and, and I was trying to get number 12 or number 10 or number 16. You know, it's numbers that are very popular for quarterbacks, but nobody was wearing number one. So I didn't have any problems getting it at any level that I played at. Actually, in high school, I wasn't able to get the number because in high school, you know, you only get certain jerseys that are passed down year to year. So I wore number 10 in high school. And when I got to college, that's when I finally got a chance to wear number one because they could make it for me right there on the spot. But in, in high school, you budget wise, you, uh, <laughs> you you don't just get a chance to go out and, and order another jersey unless you have it in the budget. Warren, uh, tell us what you're doing right now in Seattle, what you're doing day to day. Man, it's like the rest of the country. Everything's pretty slow. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of my work that I do, I do a lot of traveling. I do broadcasting during the season, which hasn't gotten here yet. And then I do um, a lot of personal appearances, speaking engagements, memorabilia shows and things like that. And all that's kind of been shut down because because of the virus and everything that we're dealing with the pandemic around the world. So I'll be glad when things start to open up so I can start to get out on the road and, and, and do my thing and, and hopefully make some money again. <laughs> right now, I am uh, I am in a spokesperson for a new CBD um, product. It's called Sweet Earth. And if you can go to SweetEarthCBD.com, uh, you can find out all the information about our products and, and all the different things that C- CBD can do for you because uh, it's a very popular uh, product right now and a lot of people are starting to do it. But I think our products, because of the way they're made, where they're made in Oregon, the, a lot of them are, are very organic and, uh, and and natural in nature. So I think people will really enjoy the, the product line that we have and they can see all those products on that website that I just gave out. Excellent. Warren, you had an unbelievable career. I'm wondering, do the younger guys in the NFL seek you out and try to emulate your success in any way? Well, there's a lot of guys that I keep in touch with that uh, I've met over the years and that I've talked to, whether it was Deshaun Watson when he was coming out of school at Clemson. Cam Newton, I helped train him when he came out of Auburn to get him ready for the uh, combine and all of that. Uh, I text and uh, communicate with Jameis Winston on a pretty regular uh, basis. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, a lot of different guys that I've been in contact with over the years. Russell Wilson, I've had a a close relationship with him because of my my broadcasting with the Seattle Seahawks. So I've met him as a rookie and and have had a a relationship with him since then. So a lot of guys around the league that I've talked to and, and communicated with over the years. Speaking of Cam and your relationship with him, where do you think is the best fit for him to continue his career? Where's where's the best place for him to land? You know, there's a a lot of good fits for a guy that's that talented, but uh, the problem for him right now is that, you know, nobody can examine him because everything is kind of shut down with being able to travel and, and get guys from team to team. And he's had some injury problems over the last couple of years. So I'm sure teams want to take a look at those injuries, whether it's his foot or whether it's his shoulder. 
They also want to sit down and see who Cam Newton is because, you know, he's a different personality. He's not like every other quarterback walking around. He he uh, comes with a lot of uh, swag to him. He comes with a lot of flair. He comes with a lot of fashion and different things. And there's some, some people that might be okay with that in their organization as their face of their organization. And there's a lot of people that might not like that. So that's something he's going to have to sit down and get in front of a different general manager or owner and they have to see exactly who Cam Newton is and what he's all about. And I think that's the problem that's hurting him right now. But there's no question if he's healthy, he can help a lot of football teams uh, be better. Warren, we're going to leave it right there. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us on Putting Up Numbers. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's a great show that you have, a great concept. And numbers mean a lot of things to a lot of different players. And I'm sure you'll get some some pretty good uh, re- responses when you have different guys on your show, and I'm sure you have already. Thanks much, Warren. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks to the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon, for spending some time with us. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. We'll do the Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame here in just a little bit. But of course, before we get to that, we have to do Screen Stars, Rudy. I know it's your favorite segment. You love when we do the Screen Stars. This is people from movies that wore number one with distinction on the silver screen. Here are the people who are not on the list. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to do a top three list, but here are the people that are not on the list. Okay, Dwayne Warren as Jairus G. Baby Evans in the Keanu Reeves star turn Hardball, not on the list. G. Baby, unfortunately, died in that movie, but uh, even in death is not on the list. Uh, Hill Harper as Coleman Booger Sykes from He Got Game, not on the list. Dwayne The Rock Johnson who actually played football as Joe Kingman in the game plan. He was a quarterback wearing number one, The Rock, not on the list. Thomas Ian Nicholas as Henry Rowengarter in Rookie of the Year, a movie where a kid comes in and pitches for the Cubs, which also had Gary Busey in it. Thomas Ian Nicholas, three names, and also not on list. There's three names for you. <laughs> Finally, Dermot Mulroney as Jamie Don Weeks in the TV movie Long Gone from 1987, which also had William Peterson in it. He is not on the list. So let's finally get to the top three, Rudy. And I'm going to go three to one. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get to the top, you left one out. Who did I leave? Who did I leave out? You left one out. You're not watching enough Netflix during the coronavirus. Jordan Baker, who plays quarterback for a really, really talented Beverly Hills High team. Michael Evans Bailing is the actor's name, but Jordan Baker. Oh, is this the, is the, is this guilty, the All-American show? Guilty pleasure, All-American. Yes, it's a unbelievable cross between Beverly Hills 90210 and Friday Night Lights. It's kind of sort of a true story. There's true story-ness to it. And Jordan Baker is the overly handsome quarterback, and his dad happens to be the overly handsome head coach. But he is he looks like Cam Newton. He's bigger than every other kid almost, and wearing that number one proudly. Not on our top three, but man, he's got to be included. And he's coming strong because I'm in season two, okay? And I think there's going to be a season three and probably a season four. So this could be a, a growing situation. My apologies to, uh, to Jordan <laughs> Baker and the Baker family for the oversight, but let's go three to one here. Uh, no, better yet, let's go one to three because number three, Rudy, has really got you know some sentimental value for you. To me, number one, 
Billy D. Williams as Bingo Long in the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings, yep. one of the great baseball movies from 1976. James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor's in it. I mean, what more do you want for crying out loud? It's a classic, man. People, when they talk about great sports movies, they don't include this movie. They should. It's a great movie. Billy D. Williams, other than Lando Calrissian, I mean, he, he is Bingo Long of the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. And I agree, man. He's our number one, number one when it comes to screen star. Yeah, he's number one. Number two, and just missed Sylvester Stallone as Captain Richard Hatch in the movie Victory. The guy came through. He came through on a penalty kick. He didn't look the part at all. It led to a huge uh, escape of everybody and basically the whole country, I think. But Robert Hatch, Captain Hatch, deserves, I think it might be 1A, Tom, but we'll give him number two. At this point. Well, we're going to have to discuss this because I, I know number three is near and dear to your heart as a graduate of the University of North Texas. Yeah. Uh, number three with a bullet or perhaps one C, Kathy Ireland as Lucy Draper in the North Texas yeah. football documentary Unnecessary Rock. This is a whole nother category. I mean, Kathy Ireland, number one. I mean, look, in 1991, was anybody more in the in the limelight, more hot, more everything than Kathy Ireland? I say no. Lucy Draper made sense. Female kicker, supermodel. Um, Scott Bakula needed, you know, a dependable kicker. Somebody from 40 in would never miss. She never missed. And yes, that movie, that classic Necessary Roughness was filmed at uh, at Fouts Field, my alma mater. Um, for a long time, it was the only thing we were proud of. But we did throw a couple Southland Conference championships in there. Um, so we have that to go for. But yes, Kathy Ireland is on the list of top three. Let's just name them all just on the list of top three. I don't think we can. <laughs> this is big time, man. This is big. Okay, so to summarize, Billy D. Williams, Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars of Motor Kings, Sylvester Stallone as Captain Robert Hatch in Victory, Kathy Ireland, Lucy Draper in Necessary Roughness. We're going to basically have a three-way tie. That's what Rudy is saying. Yeah, there, there is fair. no one, two, it's and totally three. Fair. It's a three-way tie between those three for screen stars. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's a good, good category. Rudy, let's move to the heat check. And as you kind of mentioned in the beginning, number one's kind of having a moment right now, right? It's kind of a renaissance for guys wearing number one. Am I right? Yeah, really is. Um, you know, we've got some really, really, really talented guys coming. Guys that are um, different body designs, different talents. But we listed five of them. Um, one of them really is a guy that's been around a while and... With him wearing number one, it totally makes sense. Cam Newton. Cam Newton wearing number one. He wore number two when he was quarterback at Auburn and won a national championship. Then he throws a number one on at Carolina. And man, that, that number just fits him. I mean, bigger than a defensive end. You know, literally Superman uh, when he was at his height. Uh, he certainly has been dealing with a bunch of injuries, running for his life a lot of times in the with not a lot of help. Now we're going to see how he does with the evil empire because the guy just signed with the Patriots, man. God, he just made the AFC East so upset. And one move, Belichick checkmates the rest of the AFC East possibly. Yeah, we'll see how he does. And, and obviously we'll see if he wears number one when he does it. The story is in Carolina, he wanted to wear number two. Yep. And unforgettable quarterback Jimmy Clausen <laughs> was wearing number two and wouldn't give it up. So he went to one, and then a year later, unforgettable quarterback Jimmy Clausen switched to number seven. <laughs> so, who knows? I know there's more guys who are you know younger and maybe have not yet had the uh, adversity that uh, Mr. Newton has had. So uh, who are those guys? 
We talked a little bit before about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I mean, dynamic, never lost a high school football game in the state of Texas, played in the biggest classification in the state of Texas, and won three straight state championships in the state of Texas. That's a big deal, man. <laughs> That's a big deal. And every one of those championships was at AT&T Stadium while he was wearing number one. It just made sense. He was the center of attention in this state, was an A&M recruit, went to A&M for a little bit, and then, like a lot of quarterbacks do, transferred to uh, Oklahoma, found his time after Baker Mayfield left, and what did he do? Won a Heisman Trophy, and then we became the first pick in the draft with Cliff Kingsbury. He had a good, not great year last year, but you can see it, man. You could see things happening, uh, especially as they kept connected uh, coach, you know, wide open coach, um, wide open quarterback. That's kind of the perfect quarterback for a guy like Kingsbury. Man, I think big things for him. And again, he's a number one. It's completely different than Cam Newton. Body style, running around, scattering, you know, just scooting down the sideline not plowing people over. Great arm strength, great accuracy. Two quarterbacks, but they really couldn't be more different than what, what you see. Um, but, man, a lot of production. You know, another guy that's coming probably, uh, well, will be a year away is Justin Fields. You know, former Georgia, big recruit, didn't work out there, uh, went to Ohio State. Last year, it really worked out there. Um, he was phenomenal for Ohio State. Beat my Michigan guys again. Uh, next year, he'll be in, in the conversation for Heisman. He'll be in the conversation for carrying that team to national championship. And he'll be one of the top, top 10 picks, probably. He's got it all. But man, what number one conversation? You can't have it without talking about a kid named Zion Williamson. I'm a huge basketball fan. I've been watching this kid on highlights on Twitter since he was in seventh grade. <laughs> He's been, he was famous before he got to Duke. Um, the Duke stuff launched him into the stratosphere and and now he's in new orleans and we'll see right i mean he's had a he had a little bit of a slow start with an injury but before we got we got knocked out by the virus he was making some inroads to be rookie of the year and we haven't seen somebody like this you know he's kind of part barkley part maybe part lebron um we're not sure what he is yet he's a big dude he's i think they i think the number is he's like the second or third heaviest guy in the league which scares me as a fan because I don't know how he can stand up to that pounding on his knees 82 times and plus the playoff. But I love him. I love watching him. And uh, who wouldn't love watching him? But number one is in good hands moving forward for sure. Yeah, Zion Williamson wore number 12 in high school and even thought about going back to it with the Pelicans. But, uh, you know, two other folks on the heat check side, as you know, I'm a huge soccer person, but Alyssa Naher, who is the uh, the U.S. Women's National Team goalie, yep. uh, is number one, as is, uh, and I know this is a sore spot for you as a Dodger fan, but... Uh, Don't even say it, man. Don't even say it. Carlos Correa uh, at yeah. number one. I mean, he's he's making some things happen. Wait, wait. Did, did you did you hear that? Was that a trash can? Was that a trash can? I don't know. Here's the thing about the Astros. Carlos Correa is a great player. He's a great player. Great player, man. Great shortstop, dynamic, power hitter, average. I get it. I get it. But has any team benefited more from this quarantine than the Houston Astros? I mean, they're getting out of jail free right now. They were going to get, they were starting to get just beaten senseless, not only by opposing pitchers, but also by fans. 
And believe me, my son and I could not wait to go to the Rangers Astros game. I mean, that was going to be so much fun. All year was going to be so much fun to be able to chastise guys. And now we're missing out. And by next year, I just don't think it'll be the same. I'm pretty bummed out as a fan. But uh, yeah, Carlos Correa is a great player. Let's go ahead and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, and and let's let's hit on Tua just real fast because you know he's he just has a shirt sure. that he's going to wear number one, and and you're a Dolphins fan, so it's a chance for you to talk about the Dolphins. But what kind of pro do you think Tua is going to be? I think he's going to be great, and I'm not not just a Dolphin fan. I'm so happy they got him. I think Joe Burrow will be great. I think both those guys are going to be really solid. But Tua. The way he gets rid of the ball, the accuracy he got rid of the ball with, the leadership, everybody that's been around him loves him. Good kid. Saban talks like he's his son, honestly. I think he's going to be great pro. He fits the pro model, gets the ball out of his hands, makes good decisions quick. And the Dolphins, my goodness, they really haven't had a guy like this since Marino. Ironically, another 13, where two were 13 in college. Uh, certainly wasn't going to re- unretire that number, uh, but maybe he'll retire number one. I-, I love him wearing one, man. It shows, you know, again, that number one is about confidence. You know, Warren Moon mentioned it in our interview. You know, he picked one for a reason. I think he you have to have a certain swagger, certain leadership to you. Um, people are going to look to you, man. It's like like a really badass sports car. You better it better be fast if you paint it like that. And so I think too is uh, he's up to the challenge. I think he's going to be great. Speaking of painted like that, let's address the elephant in the room. The uniforms <laughs> are horrible. They're they're man, clown, they're horrible. clown outfits, and their throwbacks are so cool. So so much so that when Tua announced he was wearing number one, his little Photoshop job was done in the throwback uniforms. Their current uniforms are terrible. So if we can get the Miami Dolphins to be relevant again in the memory of the dearly departed Don Shula and start wearing the cool uniforms again. I am all about the Miami Dolphins bandwagon. I'm on it, but not under the current regime of wearing these ridiculous Don Johnson, Philip Michael. They're horrible. They're brutal. Um, so anyway, that's that's what we've got for Heat Check. So let's just review real quickly the names on the list, uh, if anybody needs to be reminded. Zion <laughs> Williamson, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, Cam Newton, Alyssa Nahar, and Carlos Correa. That was a good job with Tua's last name, by the way. That's nice. nice thank you. Know, I, I practiced it yeah, once. I stayed, so. I stayed away from it completely in this podcast, but thank you for knocking that down. <laughs> Well, and speaking of things we might be ashamed of, let's let's move to the Hall of Shame real quick. And and let's explain the category to folks that might be new to the podcast as well. These are people who have performed poorly in the number or have done something that some something ignominious uh, while wearing number 1 on their back. Rudy, you're more of an NBA guy than I am, so start us off with the yeah. NBA list. We're going to have to have a uh, have a conference as they say offline and re, re we're going to have to workshop this title because the guys I'm going to mention, I can't call them Hall of Shamer. So the, here's five guys in the, in the NBA. All of them really are injury issues, right? Penny Hardaway, Derek Rose, Amari Stoudemire, Tracy McGrady, and Chris Bosch. Man, those are five really good players. And they had their, they had times. They had their time. I mean, Derek Rose is a 
MVP. Uh, Tracy McGrady was an amazing, amazing talent. Penny Hardaway, we've been watching. Uh, we watched earlier this summer the the Jordan uh, documentary, and you see Penny Hardaway and Shaq teaming up to beat Jordan. And then you got Stoudemire and Chris Bosh, two big men, played differently, but really good players. All of them did in, really done in by injuries, cut short what could have been, you know, or would have been really bigger and even better careers. Now watch me, Houdini like, watch me get out of this uh, this box that I've put okay. myself in with the title Hall of Shame. It. It's a shame that those five guys <laughs> okay. have a better career than they had or didn't have stronger knees than they have. What a shame that, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, Jenny Hardaway. Okay, knew, what a shame you know, category. What a shame yeah, what a, okay. Jenny Hardaway knee, <laughs> right. Eric Rose knee. Amari Stoudemire, both knees, Tracy McGrady, knee and back. And of course, the aforementioned yeah. Chris Bosch with uh, blood clots, uh, all wearing number one, all uh, unfortunately uh, a little bit of a black cloud on, over all of them. Speaking of black clouds, let's talk about the NFL in the 1950s. A gentleman named Jim Hardy, who played for the Chicago Cardinals, set the NFL record by throwing eight interceptions in one game wearing number one. So Jim Hardy is on the <laughs> Hall of Shame list. And that's a shame. That's a massive shame. That's a bad coaching too, by the way. It's just mean leaving him in there after he throws seven. They say, hey, let's give him one more shot. <laughs> exactly. Jim Hardy is on our list. Rick DiPietro, for those of you who are hockey fans, drafted first overall by the New York Islanders, actually started for Team USA in the, in the 2006 Olympics as well and had the longest and richest goaltending contract in NHL history at one point. His rookie year, they gave him number one, and he went 3-15-1, wearing number one. He immediately switched to number 39. So Rick DiPietro, in, while wearing number one, at least for those 19 games, was, was pretty rough. And the last one on my list, and this is Jose Cardinal, is one of my favorite players of, of all time, just because of all the crazy stuff that he used to do. Had a giant afro, if you remember. Yeah. Rival Oscar Gamble and some of the other great guys in the 70s who just had massive, massive afros. But once missed a game because of a chirping cricket, which kept him awake, so he didn't get any sleep, so he yeah. missed a game. Uh, missed a game with a stuck eyelid. Sure. And once set out three games in winter ball because they couldn't find pants that were tight enough around his legs. So he's certainly on in the Hall of Shame. <laughs> and to my mind, Rudy, and you can talk about this, Gerald Yepremian in Super Bowl Seven has to be on the list, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, actually, Coach Shula passing away recently um, brings up a lot of great memories for the for this great 1970s Dolphin teams and but this is a memory. I mean, it's, this is very much like the Bill Buckner play. It could have been as bad as that play if the Dolphins had lost. Think about this. They're 16-0. and 0. They're handily beating the Redskins, but they're not so far ahead. They're up by 14. Going to kick a field goal, to, you know, put it at 17. The symmetry of that would have been amazing, right? 17 to nothing. They win their 17th game. Wow, that would have been cool. But nope, didn't happen. Ball gets blocked. Yep, grabs it. Decides he's going to pass. One of the goofiest plays in football history. If you've ever watched NFL films, you've seen it. He bats it in the air. I don't know what he's doing with it. Mike Bass grabs it out of the air. And then, you know, Garrow kind of attempts to tackle him. Not really. And Bass goes for a touchdown. 
And immediately the game is 14 to seven. I mean, can you imagine them losing? I'm so thankful for his legacy. Uh, he was a really good kicker for them, but his legacy, I mean, he would never have gotten on the plane back to Miami if they lose that game. That is one of the more infamous plays. I put it up there with probably closer instead of Buckner. I bet you the, the Leon let would be the better comparison, right? You know, the Cowboys won that Super Bowl handily over the Bills, but the Leon Lett play kind of lived on <laughs> for a long time, getting ball stripped right before he scored a touchdown. So maybe that's maybe that's a better comparison than Bill Buckner. But either way, um, that was not a great moment for Garrow. No, and my my favorite factoid about Garrow Yapremian he has the distinction of being the last player in NFL history to play without a face mask. Is that right? Oh, wow. He put one on eventually, but uh, he he was he has the last player in NFL history to not wear a face mask. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after the Hall of Shame, which may be workshopped later on for a name, we come to the Hall of Fame, the top five players of distinction wearing the number one. We're going to go five to one here. Rudy and I have put our heads together. So we're going to go five to one. Number five on the list, Terry Sawchuk. Again, this could be just hockey goalies in general, but Sawchuk, the best of that group. His 447 wins as a goalie stood for 30 years before Martin Brodeur broke his record. Four Vezina trophies, four Stanley Cups. The guy really, you know, is number nine all time on the top 100 list of all time hockey players. So Terry Sawchuk is number five. Number four, Pee Wee Reese. Not only did he play the middle of the infield for those fantastic Brooklyn Dodger teams, but I mean, he's right in the middle of really world history. You know, he's certainly U.S. history. He's playing next to Jackie Robinson when Robinson breaks in to the major leagues, first African-American to do so. And 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 had literally had his back uh, during some of the toughest times that any players ever dealt with. Pee Wee Reese is an American hero, certainly a Dodger great, and um, he's the original boy of summer. And man, he's he's a great choice for this list for sure. And quite a player too. I mean, a ten-time All Star, two-time World Champion, as you mentioned, and obviously the cultural significance of of what he was uh, what he was able to to do with Jackie Robinson when he broke the color barrier. So Pee Wee Reese is number four on our list. Number three, our guest today, Warren Moon. And it's tough to put Warren at number three on this list. I mean, as we said before, 23 seasons of professional football. He wins five Grey Cups in Canada in six seasons. Can you imagine somebody who's who's won even two Grey Cups back to back in Canada, not ending up in the NFL? He won five in a row. What are the chances of that happening these days with the dearth of quarterbacks that we have in the NFL? Do you think if a guy won like two Grey Cups, he wouldn't end up in the NFL the next season? Hey, let's face it, man. If this guy's, he won a Rose Bowl for University of Washington against Michigan with his skill sets, he's a first round draft pick. I mean, he's he's a first round draft pick. He's super accurate, durable, you know, guy that can move in a pocket, especially in his younger years, a dynamic player. The guy is a first round draft pick. Instead, he goes to the CFL, wins, 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 wins. And then does the same, does a lot of the same when he gets to the pros for Houston. I mean, amazing career at the NFL level. Never got to that that Super Bowl, but just put up some big numbers and uh, was, a, was a great leader. Uh, it's a tough choice putting him at third. We have a great list. And it was such a thrill talking to him. But yeah, number three, I mean, certainly we very good argument for number one on this list, but uh, Warren Moon deserves it. Yeah, Warren Moon 
After a six-year career in the CFL where he wins five championships, he plays 17 years in the NFL, throws for almost 50,000 yards, goes to the Pro Bowl nine times, uh, and ultimately ends up in 2006 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I think he leads that group. Uh, There are 17 undrafted free agents in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. To me, he might be the best of that group, uh, which includes uh, Lou the Toe Groza, uh, Larry Little from your Miami Dolphins, Dick Knight, Train Lane, and some other folks like that. Rudy, this is amazing. There are 17 undrafted free agents in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are 14 number one overall picks. So huh, there you go. obviously an inexact <laughs> science and Warren Moon uh, is the exemplar of that. So Warren Moon at number yeah. three. Number two, the big O, Oscar Robertson. We've talked about him. We don't have much more to say about him other than you know, he wore number one with the Milwaukee Bucks. He wore number 14 for 10 years with the C- with the Cincinnati Royals. But you can't argue with a guy who averages a triple-double for an entire season with no three-point line. So Oscar Robertson at, at number two. And then number one, to me, the greatest shortstop who ever played 13 consecutive gold gloves. Uh, Hall of Famer, played 19 years in the big leagues, won a World Series with the Cardinals in 1982. The Wizard, Ozzie Smith, he's number one on the list for me. Rudy, thoughts on... Uh, Ozzy Smith. Love watching that guy play. I mean, just literally, you know, the the Wizard of Oz, the acrobatics, the uh, cartwheel into a backflip when he came on the field, turning double plays, and then just some clutch home runs. I mean, his home run against the Dodgers in the playoffs uh, will forever be remembered by Dodger fans as well as Cardinal fans. But go just, crazy, just folks. Over- go crazy. Yeah, go crazy. Um I know Tom Needenfuhrer will remember it forever, but man, what a fun player to watch. I mean, he just did everything, did everything well, and he's a great number one, uh, literally, and on our list, literally. <laughs> so he's a perfect number one for us. So running down the list from five to one, Terry Sawchuck representing hockey goalies everywhere and certainly himself. Uh, number four, Pee Wee Reese. Number three, Warren Moon, our guest today. Number two, the big O, Oscar Robertson. And number one, the Wizard. Ozzy Smith. So feel free to uh, log on to puttingupnumbers.com and let us know if we've made any mistakes in your mind, but that's our list and we're sticking to it. I love it. I think it was a good it was a good podcast talking about one, man. We'll uh I think we'll we'll be hard pressed to top it, but uh the number one is number one. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this edition of Putting Up Numbers. Our thanks to our guest, the Hall of Famer Warren Moon. Uh, remember, you can find the show notes and all of our social media links at our website, puttingupnumbers.com. If you like what we're doing, please like and subscribe and give us a rating. We'll be back soon with another edition. Until then, I'm Tom Davis. And I am Rudy Klanick. And we'll see you next time on Putting Up Numbers. <laughs> <laughs>